I'm Charlie James and here's the latest for Pembrokeshire. A man from Pembroke Dock who stole an air fryer from B&M Bargains in the town has been fined £80. 48-year-old Stephen Charge of Pembroke appeared before the court in Haverford West on July 6th. He admitted the theft of the £129 TFAL air fryer from the shop on April 22nd. In addition to the fine, he was also ordered to pay compensation of £129, a surcharge of £34 and £85 costs to the Crown Prosecution Service. Ministers have confirmed that face coverings will continue to play an important role in helping keep people safe from coronavirus in Wales. As the Welsh Government prepares to publish an updated coronavirus control plan setting out what will happen beyond alert level one, face coverings will continue to be required in certain settings such as public transport and taxis, health and social care as a minimum, whilst coronavirus remains a public health threat. Further consideration is being given to whether face coverings should also be required in other settings such as retail if restrictions are relaxed further. First Minister Mark Drakeford said we know many people are still worried and anxious about going out. We will maintain the requirement to wear face coverings in certain places like public transport, health and social care settings and others where necessary to help keep us all safe. On Friday, Education Minister Jeremy Miles wrote to all schools in Wales explaining that wearing face coverings in the classroom will no longer be recommended from September. The First Minister will make a statement on Wednesday setting out the outcome of the 21-day review and providing further details on the new Alert Level Zero. A second arrest for drug driving was made in the county town in the space of 24 hours. The man was arrested in Haverford West for driving on cannabis on Saturday night. Pembrokeshire Road Policing released a statement saying a man was arrested for providing a positive drug wipe for cannabis following a stop check in Haverford West. The man provided blood samples at custody before being released under investigation pending analysis of his blood samples. A new side effect linked to the Pfizer and Moderna COVID-19 vaccine jabs has been added to the official list by the UK Medicines Watchdog. As the vaccine programme continues to roll out across the country, the latest COVID Vaccine July updates extremely rare reports of mycocarditis and pericarditis have been added to the guidance. The Commission on Human Medicines, the MHRA and the government's independent expert advisory body has conducted a thorough review of suspected adverse reaction reports of mycocarditis and pericarditis following COVID-19 vaccination. Vaccinated individuals are advised to seek immediate medical attention should they experience a new onset of chest pain, shortness of breath, palpitations or symptoms of arrhythmia. Dr June Rain, MHRA chief executive, said we have carefully reviewed reports of suspected adverse reactions involving types of heart inflammation known as myocarditis and pericarditis. We have concluded that the COVID-19 vaccines made by Pfizer, BioNTech and Moderna may be linked with a small increase in the risk of these very rare conditions. The cases tend to be mild and the vast majority recovered with simple treatment and rest. The government added saying that there had been a consistent pattern of cases occurring more frequently in young males and shortly after the second dose of the vaccine. I'm Charlie James and that's the latest for Pembrokeshire. Download the Pure West Radio mobile app from the App Store or Google Play. I'll be honest, I'm alright with me. Sunday mornings in my own bedsheets.
think that I can get you out my head You never ever let me forget Cause Just when I think you're gone Hear a song on the radio Just like that takes me back To the places we used to go to you you are listening to tom dyer but it is pure sport ben stone he's not licking his wounds as far as we're aware hopefully hearing from him up towards the end of the show before we go live on facebook at eight o'clock but on the eve well no on the day after the men's wimbledon final was settled and conor mcgregor returned to the pentagon all eyes were on one thing last night Welcome to Pure West Sport this evening in association with G&G Builders. I am Tom Dyer, formerly, well, usually of the early breakfast show here, 6 till 8 a.m. every weekday morning, sitting in for Ben Stone again, and I do hope that he's doing well. There is a lot of pride, hopefully, among the majority of England fans, and I'll be touching on this a little bit later on, but hopefully not let down by those causing an absolute scene in the city streets and also throwing abhorrent racist abuse towards England penalty takers. 
But before that, I did just mention Wimbledon men's final yesterday saw Djokovic beat Berrettini or Berrettini uh, in the men's final yesterday as well. So it wasn't an, quite an Italy clean sweep, although they would have had their tails up after he got himself the first set. But Djokovic went on to win 6 7, 6 4, 6 4, 6 3 to win his 20th championship, which equals that of. Uh, Rafael Nadal and the great Roger Federer and he's also the first person since 1969 to win the first three Grand Slam titles in a season having already won the Australian Open and the French Open already this year so massive congratulations to Novak Djokovic for that win and in the women's final it was Barty versus uh, Pliskova with Barty winning 6-3, 6-7, 6-3 so again, not quite the clean sweep that Barty was hoping for in the tennis. But looking at the football last night, where were you? Did you watch it? You were in good company. It's estimated that over 30 million people sat down to watch the Euro 2020 final between England and Italy. And I said it at the Ukraine game, England don't do well with early goals. And maybe with the Ukraine fixture, it was luck or the opposition that allowed them to go on and score more. But England don't do well, or certainly from my experience, they don't seem to do well after an early goal. And what a goal it was from Luke Shaw, piling it in on the half volley from across from his counterpart on the other wing, Kieran Trippier, to hit it first time into that bottom corner, passing Donnarumma, who ended up the hero for Italy and also winning player of the tournament, only the second goalkeeper ever to win such an accolade and it was a tense game and it was nice watching it as a neutral and I I do hope that that we'll hear from Ben Stone at some point whilst everything still feels very real at the moment to get that emotion from someone who's never seen England in a final and that shouldn't be forgotten and we remember the exploits of Wales five years ago when they got to the semi-final eventually going out to winners at Portugal that pride of seeing your team represented on the big stage and it's a shame that that pride could not go further than just those players on the pitch who did their country very very proud with horrendous horrific scenes being broadcast before the match during the match and particularly since the match has finished so for those of you that might not be aware Luke Shaw scored at uh, on the two minute mark for England and in the second half this was cancelled out by Bonucci's goal which was a bit of a scramble but he did the job which meant that it went into added extra time where late very late substitutions were made to bring on Uh, Rashford and Sancho Saka had already been substituted on as had Jack Grealish and it would have been far more exciting I think to have seen him play a more pivotal role earlier on and it went to penalties England had thought they'd got rid of their curse of the penalties by winning a few shootouts in the last couple of years but it was not meant to be Kane and Maguire came up first and did the business Rashford hitting the post and Sancho and Saka seeing their uh, Their attempts saved by Donnarumma. Saka, 19 years old, taking the pivotal kick that would ultimately have Italy be the winners thanks to the heroics of Donnarumma. An absolute giant between the sticks. And 
One thing that you might be aware of if you're on social media, Rashford, Sancho, Saka, all black players in the England team and have been subject to abhorrent racist abuse online. Mark Rashford's mural in Manchester also being graffitied overnight as well within an hour of the final whistle. And there's just no place for it in sport. And there's concerns that with these rivalries that are building up that it's causing more of an issue. And everyone was so behind the England team, even though they weren't necessarily supported with their taking a knee before every match. But this certainly highlights the need for this issue to be addressed, particularly in relation to social media companies who are completely flaking on their responsibility to protect users of their platforms. Instagram is just awash with different emojis, which is, it's awful. It's super, super awful. And that pride should not have finished because of two excellent saves from Donnarumma and Rashford hitting the post in the penalty shootout. They've made it further than they've ever made since 1966. And I have to admit, I wasn't pleased to see some of those players take their their runners-up medals off. But in the heat of the moment, can you really blame them? And the... 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 um, Response and the reaction from the England fans have been particularly terrible when you consider just how full of class this England team has been how much of it's been an acknowledgement of the diversity in the United Kingdom not just in England and how well they have looked after themselves throughout this whole tournament and to have that completely not followed and not echoed by the wider society has been I think truly disappointing I'm sure that we'll touch on this after 8 o'clock when we're live with Bill Kahn, Fraser Watson and Gordon Thomas. Very much looking forward to hearing their views on the final and probably a bit more looking at the actual sport that took place as well. Before 8 o'clock though, we have got a very varied show for you. Last week we talked about the triathlon in Broadhaven. Fraser caught up with the winner of the triathlon. He also um, finds himself chatting with... An Olympian, soon to be two-time Olympian, which is very exciting. And Bill Khan caught up with Sean Gale, who the director of uh, the Otters of Narbeth Rugby Football Club, and also keeping it in the family and keeping grassroots cricket going. He catches up with Jamie Phelps, whose sons are turning up for the firsts for Hook. We'll start off with a little song and then we're going to come back with Fraser catching up with Alex Matchett, the winner of the Broadhaven Triathlon. Introducing MyPems, the online marketplace for independent sellers in Pembrokeshire. Looking to take the hassle out of marketing and selling your products online? Want to reach new audiences or customers whilst being part of a bigger community of local businesses and retailers? Then check out mypems.com. We're only a click away and could be the answer to taking the stress out of selling your products online. So whether you're a shop, an independent artist or maker, connect direct with customers and join a growing movement looking to buy locally at MyPems. For the perfect solution, contact Lillian and the team at mypems.com. Car trouble again? 
at OC Davis Roundabout Garage, Nayland. We like to keep it simple, offering you service plans from just under £10 a month, from affordable used cars to 0% finance, not to mention nil advance payment on the mobility scheme. You can guarantee you'll get more for your money. Put the pedal to the metal and get the most out of your motor. Call 01646 600858 or go online to ocdavis.com. Mae miloedd ohonoch ar draws Cymru a llawer yn teimlo heb gymorth ac ar ei bennau hunain a'r dyddiau hyn yn fwy nag erioed. Mae gofalwyr Cymru yma i chi gyda cyngor a bernigol, gwybodaeth defnyddiol, cefnogaeth a llawer mwy ac mae'r cyfan am ddim. Dysgwch fwy ar safle careswales.org unwaith eto careswales.org Gofalwyr Cymru yma i chi a phob gofalwyr didal. You're listening to Pure Sport in association with you and the Builders. Don't forget, after 8 o'clock, we're going to be talking about football not coming home. Also, Ironman Wales. The decision is due whether it should go ahead on Wednesday. And also, Rob Edwards, chairman of Havquest County, is joining us, as is Meg Jenkins, to talk about women's cricket in Pembrokeshire. Keep it with us.
Wet, 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 sweet little mystery playing for you on a Monday night. You're listening to Pure West Sport in association with G&G Builders, local builders for over 30 years, and bringing the conversation closer to home. Last week, we had Dave Astins on the show talking about the Broadhaven Triathlon that was just oh, just the weekend just gone. Well, Fraser Watson was fortunate enough to catch up with Alex Matchett after the race, the race winner. He catches up with him, talking about how he feels and what's next. Well, it's a pleasure now to be joined by Alex Matchett, of course, the winner of the Broadhaven Triathlon yesterday, first thing. Alex, the, the morning after the day before, how's the old body feeling? <laughs> Pretty sore, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it was a tough race yesterday, so yeah, both had to have some sore legs for sure this morning. It was an epic battle, really, wasn't it, between you and a, another very well-known Pembrokeshire triathlete, Oliver Simon. At what point in the run did, did you finally think I, I've pulled away from him here and, and this race is in my hands? I probably, I didn't really, I wasn't really able to relax and think, oh, I think I've got this since probably the last last mile, really. It was a real, it was a real good battle, as you say. Um, and it was sort of, you're um, and back and forth in the lead. And I think I managed to, I managed to find pass Ollie, um with about sort of three miles to go for the run. And I, I didn't, I wasn't completely confident that I had it in the bag just because I had a race recently where I blew up quite badly on the run. So I was always, that was always in the back of my mind that I needed to, yeah, it wasn't in the bag until it, it was at the end. But certainly the last mile or so, I was able to relax a bit. Alex has been so long without competing for so many of us and so as a, as a Pembrokeshire boy to be able to come back to compete at Broadhaven and, and to win it in front of, your own people, I suppose. That must have been pretty special for you as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I love that race in Broadhaven. It's a special race because I always used to, when I was younger, go and watch it as well. And I've raced it a few times. I love the course. As you say, it's it's organised by Dave Ashton in particular that I've known since I was, since I was a young triathlete. And it's always really well supported and there's always like, lots of family and friends watching. So yeah, it was a really special day. And yourself now, I know you're based in Bristol these days. In, in terms of competing, what, what's the immediate plan from here? So I've got a um, uh, sort of Ironman distance race in a couple of weeks' time, actually, um, at the, called, an event called the Outdoor up in Nottingham, um, which is my first um, Iron distance race. So looking forward to that. And then haven't really got anything planned after that. I'll see how I recover. But certainly looking to sort of targets in the more middle distance and longer distance races but yeah see how we recover after the outlaw and then excellent well good luck for that Alex and my final question obviously we've been so long without people interaction I know crowds were limited a bit yesterday for obvious reasons but it must have just been nice regardless of the win just to be out there competing in front of people and having support and a few smiling faces along the way yeah definitely the, the atmosphere was incredible and I think um uh, Dave, who organised the event, did a real good job of maintaining social distancing amongst the crowds, but also making sure that there was still a real good atmosphere at the event. Um, and that was really class. Excellent. I'm glad that came through. And well done again, Alex, and, and all the best for the, the outlaw and your future events. And look forward to speaking to you when, you, when you're next back in Pembrokeshire and maybe competing in Broadhaven again next year as well. Cheers, Fraser. Thanks so much. Thank you, Alex. 
Fraser Watson catching up with Alex Matchett there, winner of the Broadhaven Triathlon just this weekend. And do you have any sporting fixtures coming up? Do you have a individual challenge coming up? We'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch with us on Twitter or on Facebook. Just search for Pure West Radio or use the hashtag Pure West Sport. Or if you've got an event coming up, then you can email sport at purewestradio.com. We're going to turn our attentions away from individual sports and we're going to go back to the team sports. And uh, after the Angels, my boyfriend's back, Bill Kahn will be catching up with Sean Gale of Narbuth Rugby Football Club. He went away and you hung around and bothered me every night. And when I wouldn't go out with you, you said things that weren't very nice. My boyfriend's back and you're gonna be in trouble. My boyfriend's back playing for you here on Pure West Sport for a Monday evening. Now, the WRU have given the go-ahead for cup competitions to go ahead this year, whilst also announcing that hopeful that leagues will be able to start again in January of next year. So there's still a way to go, but that hasn't stopped local clubs finding out who, what rivalries are going to be built back up and trying to get their boys back onto the field and some of the boys back into shape. Well, Bill Khan caught up with Sean Gale of Narbuth Rugby Football Club to see what challenges they've had and how they're overcoming them and what's next for the Otters. Whenever I'm in Narbuth Rugby Club, I always look to have a chat to Sean Gale because as director of coaching, he's always there with sort of really honest answers. He never shirks anything. So, Sean, thanks for all you've done in the past with me. With that. Yeah. And it's lovely to see you. It's a beautiful summer's day. There's rugby, cricket going on on the... the 
ground opposite and I can hear the boys sort of really sweating this out, out here now. Nice to be back. Yes, it's lovely to be back and as to see the boys back and enjoying themselves yeah. but uh, you know it's been a tough two years you know when uh, there was boys who were coming through youth rugby with 18 you know all of a sudden they're all going on 20 now you know yeah. when we had 19, 20 year olds uh, you know so a lot of people missed a lot of rugby mm. as well you know and so so we're in the, in the middle of you know uh, you know analysing where everybody's at at the moment mm. you know because some people have been good trainers uh, during lockdown and others haven't been quite so good you know and uh, you know it'll take us a week or two to find it out but uh, it's becoming quite obvious some people have enjoyed themselves a bit too much and, uh, and <laughs> you're uh, looking at me <laughs> and other boys have, have worked really hard you know so it's just a mixture you know and it's been a real tough uh, going on nearly two years now it's, it's been tough you know yeah. and uh, you know we've got to try to get the boys you know back to the levels we were at before yeah I mean I was amazed the number of people I bumped into who, who I know through rugby who have said you know coaches and players I don't know if I can go back to that training two nights a week and the rigours of the Saturday and feeling stiff and saying well we'll have to think about it they've got jobs that's what they told me this week yeah. I'm self-employed what do I do if I get injured yeah I think it is it's, it's, it's a big problem you know like where we've lost uh, Roy Osborne who was, it was really yeah, crucial to us yeah. Who's decided, you know, not, not to play anymore? Um, Daniel Jacobs, who's got young children, uh, I don't think he's going to play with us this year. But we've signed, you know, we brought um, boy Jordan Roberts back from, he's been in university. We've signed Ashley Sutton back from Clethley. Um, obviously, we're speaking to a few other players from, from the vicinity as well now, who haven't been confirmed yet, but, you know, speaking to them regular. So, yeah, hopefully we're going to be back competitive, you know, but, you know, don't get me wrong, we've, we've had a, a bit of a blow with losing a few players, you mm. know, but it's... it's, it's Other clubs are going to be the same. Yeah, it's not going to be only us, it's, and it is, it's, it's, it's definitely tough times, but, uh, but we, you know, the coaches have got to be enthusiastic, as you say, you know, it's, it's tough for coaches as well, you know, we brought uh, Liam Gadd back as a defence coach, and his enthusiasm hopefully will, will really shine through along with Daniel and, and John you know so you know so it's got to come from the top first and uh, I'm through myself and you know we've got to encourage the boys to get back to their levels where they were at before but more importantly people have got to be back and we've all got to start enjoying ourselves yeah. and, and that's including coaches you know we've yeah. got to start you know smiling again you know and uh, and it is tough you know you know we've been we've just been knocked back all the time we haven't had a proper date when we go right. back you know yeah. you know that we've had fixtures now just to ban us and a Silvera home and away you know and that's all we're having you know up until October so yeah. you know so it's so it's, it's, it's tough, you know, to organise, uh, you know, and keep everybody competitive. And That's the, right. we don't want to leave rugby back in Jan- January. So, you know, we will have a good chance to show a lot of these youngsters who've played for Naby Youth and, and, and been in the they vicinity again. In, yeah. So we can have a good, a good real chance to develop and, and have a look how good these players really are. Because yeah. once uh, once we come January and we become the league's time, it's going to be, yeah. you know, a different kettle of fish. But it's a great opportunity to see how good these boys are. And I'm sure one or two of them are going to come through. You've answered my next question very nicely, but the staff, the coaching staff here, because you've always been very, uh, not lucky, but very, you've judged well with your coaching staff, and you, it looks the same here now, you look as we've got a, a strong coaching squad here, you look at them out there tonight, I saw them here a couple of weeks ago as well, and they're all fully committed, that's obvious, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you know, like uh, we've got Chris James, the team manager who works, you know, from Tembe, the Cone, uh, the cone yeah, he's, uh, he works out of this as well, but you know, Liam Gaddy, you know, he's coming down, he, he wanted to come back in with the club, and he, you know, he's coming down from, from Portal, but you know, I come from Clashley, Daniel Levels comes from, you know, five roads in Clashley, and John is local, you know, so, you know, we, we, we're all, you know, we're all travelling a lot as well, but as I say, you know, the, the message I want to get across is we want to start enjoying ourselves, firstly, mm-hmm. and, you know, and uh, the fitness was quite difficult uh, tonight. 
And as you say, there was some uh, very you can fit. see young Watson, um, young uh, Tom there sweating. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know. So, the, so you know, but you know, the core of the players are here. Uh, there's a few of the boys not here at the moment, but you know, I understand. You know, there's uh, some of the boys you know, having children as well, so they can't afford to come mm, with uh, with COVID at the yeah. with COVID at the moment. You know what I mean? And yeah. I understand that. You know, and one thing we've always done here is, you know, you know, your family first, then yeah, you then you work, your family club. And, uh, you understand yeah, that, and then, and then your rugby comes thirdly. You know, yeah. we've we got to understand that as well. But uh, you know, it's all about so when. Jack really starts for us now. Yeah. You know, we're going to have three or four months of development now, uh, which I think you know was the only chance I've really had in 15, 16 years. You know, to yeah. sort of to, you know to do the development side because yeah. it's so competitive. You know, in this championship, you know, yeah. you mean, you've got to be the best every week. You know, yeah. in that development area, what about the message to players in Pembrokeshire looking ahead now? If there's anyone who thinks they're good enough that wants to test themselves at a higher level, yeah. I don't want to pull players away from clubs, but you'd welcome them you would, for, yeah. for trials if they think they're good yeah enough. you know obviously we look within the club first and that's, that's something we always have done uh, and then you obviously look at what the best players in Pembroke are after that mm. you know and then after that you know you look further afield again you mm. know so you know we've got some 18, 19 year olds coming up from Clashley they've come from Pembroke mm. one or two come out then so you know we, we're constantly looking for the um, you know the next next best players outside the premiership you know but yeah. uh, but obviously you know an Arbeth of a very good youth say the last two years yeah. so we've got seven or eight of the boys training with us now and oh, they're showing good. up well you know and there's two scrum halves here which we're looking at because we lost Lewis Gibby mm. um, you know so you know we're hoping they're going to be good enough you know good. what I mean and, but one thing they will have they'll have the opportunity oh, and, the, and the rest and, and the, you know, the standards that are required as well yeah. you know so it's nice to bump into you even if it's a hot summer's night no but thanks for talking to us look forward to talking to you again soon good Bill thank you very much cheers Bill Khan catching up there with Sean Gale, Director of Rugby at Narbeth Rugby Football Club. We're going to stick with the Oval Ball because Fraser Watson has caught up with an Olympian and soon to be a double Olympian from St. David's. Jasmine Joyce is on Pure West Sport after Miley Cyrus' party in the USA. Follow Pure West Radio on Instagram at Pure West Radio. With a dream, my cardigan. Welcome to the land of fame, excess. Am I gonna fit in? Jumped in the camp, here I am for the first time. Look to my right, and I see the Hollywood sign. This is all so crazy. Everybody seems so famous. My tummy's turning, and I'm feeling kind of homesick. Too much pressure, and I'm nervous. Cause when the taxi man turned on the radio, and a Jay Z song was on, and a Jay Z song was on. And the Jay-Z song was on So I put my hands up to play my song The butterflies fly away Not in my head like yeah Moving my hips like yeah Got my hands up to play my song You know I'm gonna be okay Yeah It's a party in the USA Yeah It's a party in the USA Get to the club in my taxi cab Everybody's looking at me now Like who's that chick that's rocking kicks She gotta be from out of town So hard with my girls on around me It's definitely not a Nashville party Cause all I see is the letter I guess I never got the memo My tummy's turning and I'm feeling kinda homesick Too much pressure and I'm nervous That's when the DJ dropped my
She's soon to be flying off to Tokyo with Team GB, but that hasn't stopped her from fulfilling her school commitments and training with the GB7's team. Fraser Watson has caught up with Jazz Joyce, the Welsh flying winger score trying machine is talking to fraser on the journey back actually from st david's so apologies for the audio quality on this one just a little bit but it's worth hearing from a soon-to-be double olympian she talks about the heartache of just missing out on a bronze medal at the rio olympics five years ago where she burst onto the scene was relatively unknown and now she is by far the first name that you put on any team sheet because she scores tries. To hear what it's like balancing all of those commitments and what she's most looking forward to, just keep listening to Pure West Sport in association with G&G Builders. Jasmine, thank you again for joining us. I know it's a particularly hectic time for you. Just to explain to us the current process at the moment and where you are and when you leave for Tokyo. So yeah, uh, really busy at the moment. I've just travelled down to St David's now to go to my um, old primary school. Um, so really nice to be there, um, see some familiar faces and see some um, children I've worked with before and done some coaching with. So that was obviously great um, to give back to the school and stuff. And all the children were so excited. They made all banners and I know they've been um, doing lots on the Olympics. So yeah, they were really excited to see me, which was nice. And then another school up by me now where I live in Cross Hands have, have done something for me. I'm not quite sure what it is yet. But I'm sure the kids are really excited. So I'm um, on my way back up to Crosshands now to kind of um, see what the children have done. Back in Wales now, in my in my house for the next, say, four or five days, um, back up to, to Loughborough there and then travel to Tokyo on Saturday, which is, um, yeah, which is exciting, I think. A lot of us are just want to be there now. Yes, I bet. How, how different is it for you this time around? Just obviously five years ago, it's a very different stage of your career. You're much younger, you're much more inexperienced, you, you're relatively unknown before you were called up. And then we all remember the frenzy that followed, especially here in Wales. This time around, obviously, you're a lot well known, especially on the seventh circuit. You, your selection was expected in many quarters. For yourself, is it, is it a lot easier to manage and control your emotions this time around? Yeah, like it is obviously a lot different. Um, and due to the pandemic, the whole programme and the whole setup has been a lot different anyway. And I think it's been a lot different of, as what it would have potentially been if there hadn't been a pandemic. But yeah, look, like obviously five years ago when I got selected, I was, I was young, no one really kind of knew who I was type thing. And then I think this year there's more pressure, I think, uh, personally for, for me to be selected. Um, but then also to actually go out there and, and perform as well, which I, I enjoy the pressure. I, I enjoy kind of people knowing who I am type thing. Yeah, so really excited to go out there. I think there's obviously only three of us who went to the last one. So I think us three are potentially feeling maybe a little bit more pressure than the others because, yeah, we've been to one before and I really want to come away with a medal this time. How difficult has it been, Jasmine, not just for yourself, perhaps for the team that obviously you went to Rio, you knew what to expect, you knew everything about venues, about potential crowds, about what was going on. There's been so much uncertainty for obvious reasons around Tokyo. It's delayed for a year from the start. Even as we speak, they're still talking about putting the city in a state of emergency during the games. There's, there's obviously many residents there that aren't happy it's going on and there, and there will be no crowds. Has it been difficult to block out all the background noise, so to speak, and just, just concentrate on rugby and the build-up to this? Yeah, like it has been really tough um, leading us into the games. We haven't had much tournaments and we haven't had long together as a squad as well, building into into the games. But I think we're just so fortunate that we're able to actually train. Obviously, still full-time athletes at the moment, we're able to train 
and just yeah, so grateful for still being able to get the opportunity to to come together and actually prepare for Olympic Games. It's mad to think, to think that obviously the Olympics was meant to be a year ago, and now I'd be driving around, I've been a double Olympian type thing. So it's yeah, it's the unknown of what to expect. Um, we don't know what we're going to expect when we go there, and um, we've followed like all the protocols needed for COVID here. We've been in lockdown, we've been in isolation, we've been stuck in our rooms, eating our breakfast, lunch and dinner. So we're doing everything we can as a squad to make sure that none of us don't go to the Olympics because one of us have got COVID. Sure. So I think when we when we do get to the Olympics, I think it's going to be a lot easier for us in the sense of we've done all the protocols, whereas other teams potentially haven't, haven't needed to be as big as we have. Um, so we... Yeah, uh, on top of our game. OK, that's, that's good to hear. And, but you just touched on early wanting to go at least one better than last time around. And I remember you very much had Rick's, Rick's devotions coming home from Rio because it's such a, individually such a sensational experience for you, of course. But as a team, you, you did miss out quite agonisingly on a bronze medal and were only actually one win away from a final place in a gold or silver medal as well. Um, so much has happened in five years, Jasmine, to you. Your career's moved on in 15 aside and at club rugby, I know. Do you still remember that hit from that semi-final? Did it still drive you going to Tokyo this time around? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I only watched the, the Canada Team GB final, um, which must have been about three months ago. Really? Um, Took so you that like, long to yeah, watch? I ha- yeah, I haven't been able to. I, I did look for it about a year ago, but I just couldn't find it. And then one of the girls had it, they sent it to me. I actually haven't kind of relived that emotion since well three three months ago so like it still definitely is there and it's in my, in my mind that we could have come away with bronze medal and unfortunately we didn't so like that is an extra driver and an extra kind of push for us to go to, to Tokyo and not to get bronze medal but I'll go for gold so yeah like it definitely is a, an incentive to, to go there and Hopefully not get the feeling we did um, last time. Well, so obviously life seems to happen so fast for you, Jasmine, especially since Rio. Things have moved on at international level at 15 aside, as we talked about your club rugby as well. So much going on in your personal life, going into schools and so on with other work. Do you ever get a chance just to reflect to yourself and, and take in the fact that you're about to become a two-time Olympian? Yeah, like I love being busy and a lockdown that was a kind of reflection on how how much I do enjoy being busy because lockdown just yeah took out of me and, and I really struggle. But there's definitely time I spend a lot of time in the car and I just sit in there and listen to music and thinking I just like it's almost yeah, you can't believe it that I'm I'm going to a second Olympic like yeah, it's just an unreal experience and you never kind of accept it, I think until it until it happens. So yeah, until I'm on that plane in the games competing for TGP yeah I think then it'll be a reality and when I come home then it's, it's so nice to have everyone around you and kind of the support I've had prior to Olympics and I know the support after is going to be amazing so yeah you, I do have time to reflect at times but I think it's hard to accept that yeah I'm going to be a double time Olympian Olympian a double-time Olympian, Jazz Joyce, talking to Fraser Watson before flying off to Tokyo to take part in an Olympics like no other, behind closed doors, but very much looking forward to it. Stick with Pure Sport, because after 8 o'clock, I'm going to be joined by Bill Kahn, Fraser Watson and Gordon Thomas, where we're going to be talking about football not quite coming home, of course, but also linked to... Uh, the Broadhaven Triathlon, Alex Matchett, of course, we've already heard from this morning, Dave Astins that we had on last week. Well, the Ironman Wales decision is due to go ahead on Wednesday. 
will will it or will it not go ahead in September? And although the contract has been renewed for another, I think it's five years, to have Ironman Wales in Tempe, it is a staple part of the uh, of the economy here now. Should this year's one go ahead? We've had the Fishguard Triathlon as part of the government trial. Broadhaven Triathlon went off without a hitch as well. Will Ironman do the same? Is it possible on such a small part of the county? So all of that and more after 8 o'clock. We'll also be talking more football with Rob Edwards, chairman of Hanford West County Football Club, about the, the ins and outs uh, that are taking place in the personnel there. And also Meg Jenkins is going to talk women's cricket in the county as well. So you don't want to miss that. And talking of cricket, we have got Bill Kahn catching up with Jamie Phelps after New Order and Regret. Wherever you're driving to this summer... How long do we get there? You need the perfect in-car soundtrack. Are we there yet? So take all your favourite digital radio stations and podcasts with you on the road and don't miss a thing this summer. It's easy to connect your smartphone to your car stereo via Bluetooth or aux in to listen on your favourite station app or radio app. Find out more at getdigitalradio.com. <laughs> Love radio. Go digital. How are you, Bob? Good, thanks, Chris. Is it true what I heard? Yeah, we're officially the best butchers in Wales. That's amazing, Chris. Massive congratulations to you and the team. Oh, thanks, Bob. So what can we get for you? Well, Chris, uh, could I have a selection of your award-winning meats? Oh, don't forget to include a pack of Pembrokeshire's best burgers. Prendergast Butchers, Haverford West. Welsh Butcher Shop of the Year. Providing the finest quality meats to Pembrokeshire for over 70 years. We're open for orders either in the shop or on our website, prendergastbutchers.co.uk. If you can't get to us, no problem. We're offering a delivery service. Give us a call on 01437 763387. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Pembrokeshire Vision Arts Wales, a brand new creative hub in Haverford West. Playing host to a youth and amateur theatre company, a show-stopping choir and a multitude of masterclasses from Broadway and West End talent. Calling all actors, singers, dancers and those who want to bring the West End to Wales. Vision Arts has the spotlight and the curtain is about to rise. Ready to take centre stage? Visit visionartswales.com. Follow Pure West Radio on Twitter at Pure West Radio.
you order regret and not only do we have meg jenkins talking about women's cricket after eight o'clock right now bill khan is going to catch up with jamie phelps showing that cricket very much stays in the family and is very much in the lifeblood with his young teenagers of all ages actually are doing good things for both the firsts and the seconds of hook cricket club they're doing very very well the future of cricket is in hook is looking very very bright most cricketers in Pembrokeshire, if they played for a long time, would be delighted to have a son following in their footsteps. It's a natural progression. But the fellow I'm talking to now, Jamie Phelps from Hook, not only has been a great club servant and played many, many years there, but he's now got three boys who have fallen in his footsteps and all likely to be every bit as good as you. Jamie, you must be chuffed with that. Yeah, very proud of the three of them. Yeah, they're doing really well. Um, obviously, Alidano winner, both in the first team now. Um, and Reese has just started off in the seconds. And let's just go into the ages. I mean, I think Ali's 21, is he? 20. 20. Ali's yeah. 20, Owen 16, and Reese is 13. I mean, it's a lovely sight. We're here tonight. There's an Alec Colley Cup game going on. And for Hook, it's likely the two opening bowlers will be 13 yeah, or 14 13, years yeah, of age. Yeah, 13, 13 years of age. Oscar mm. and Reese both here, yeah. yeah, 13. I suppose it's been a natural progression for them because you played in the garden. Yeah, they, you know, you brought, you were brought up yeah. like that. You're from a cricketing family. Yeah, exactly. And the, the kids are the same. Yeah, they've all um, just played cricket ever since they were small. Obviously, with me going to following me around the county everywhere, mm. and, and with uh, Claire supporting you as she's, well. She's, play, like, yeah, obviously, we far too nice for you. Also, I know but. you've always had that. I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you look at your own career, you've played for. Uh, hook for many years you yep. played for the county what about the highlight of your whole sort of involvement there yeah we got to the Harrison final uh, I think it was 99 when we played Lamphy which happened to be uh, they had a good side oh then. they were at their peak they then they? They, and yeah. all playing there then so um, we were just delighted to get there yeah uh, we managed to play Burton in the semi-final and on the day Muhammad Ali I think was supposed to play for Burton but he got called into the Morgan second side yeah. so we luckily we didn't you have to play you were spared the pleasure of facing <laughs> yeah, otherwise we possibly wouldn't have, yeah we possibly wouldn't have got to the final but it was nice for the older boys like Keith and Jeffrey, boys, boys who played all all the time and had to get to the final. I mean, one yeah. of the nice things coming here tonight, you know, you've got people like Martin Riesel, we all know yeah. as Stabby, yeah. who's a huge character. Yeah. But your side then played for each other. You had a fantastic, um, oh, yeah. you side. know, a, a, a team of characters yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah, there's quite a few of the boys. Like they could have gone to other clubs, but they they all sort of stuck with Hook. Platts was their captain at the time. Alistair Platten, he came to us and he was captain. But yeah, we've had some good players over the years. Mm. Yeah, let's go to the boys then. Alid was first to break in, obviously. Yep. He's the eldest. Yeah, and you know he's turned into a very fine all rounder, isn't he? Yeah, he's uh, he's sort of coming in number three for Hook now and first change of the ball. Um, yeah, taking lots really of well. wickets. Taking lots of wickets. Yeah, he got a good slow ball and he's, uh, yeah, he's improving with the bat. And obviously Owen now has joined him in the first as well, and he opens the batting, so, which he's done all since he was under nines, him and Lewis Miller, so they both opened the batting for Hook first now, yeah. at 16 years of age, which, which is great. I've got to ask you, are they very competitive amongst oh, yeah. themselves? Unbelievable, yeah, really, really competitive. Yeah, very competitive. Reese is probably the worst one now when he's 13, if he has more wickets in the seconds than Alid or in the first. It's, is he? Oh, yeah, really bad. But I mean, to open two boys, young players like Oscar, and it was Jonathan's, yeah. uh, Jonathan's boy, yeah. boy and, yeah. and your youngster there, yeah. it must be great for you to see the club is starting to hit a, a, a situation where if they all stay together, you're yeah. going to have some side in three or four years. Yeah, hopefully that's what that's what we plan to do. About ten years ago, we sort of invested in the kids, um, and we're just hopeful that all of them will just keep playing. Average age now, the first is very young. There's only myself and Matthew Holder going back in the first. All the rest are under like 25, 26, yeah, so, right. which is good. we got four 16-year-olds in the first, which, is, which is good. I'm going to ask you a serious question. I want you to be truthful, right? Do you still try to outdo the boys if you're playing in the same side as them? 
Yeah, so sometimes, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm just hoping that as long as they enjoy it, that's all. As long as they want to play. Yeah. It's, uh, at the moment, they're all des- they can't wait for Saturdays. They hate it if it's raining. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's a nightmare, obviously, if it's raining. But no, I don't bother. Not, not anymore. I'm not as competitive now as I used to be. I don't believe that no. for one thing. You've also turned as well as, you You know, you've been a batsman and a bowler yeah. for 20-plus for years. You're coaching as well now and enjoying yeah. that? Yeah, coaching the kids or whatever, looking after the Ormond side and the under-19s. Um, with John, obviously. John Wellington has been huge for Huck. Um, mm. He's helped us out no end for the last 10, 12 For a rough old boy from Stackpool, he's exactly. been good, isn't he? You, you know him better than me, but uh, he's, been, yeah, he's been fantastic for us. Yeah. That's what we've tended to have. All the, all the dads, like Keith's boy, Callum, we've got a lot of parents' boys playing in the yeah. first now, which is great. Gary's boy, Brennan, opening the bowling. Well, they're all Huck boys as well, which mm. is great. And what about sort of county setup? Have you done a bit with that as well? Yeah, I've done a bit with the county under... Well, I went through from county under 11s to county under 15s with Alid. Obviously, it's gone now to Cricket Regional, West. Regional, yeah. Which, I don't know, I'm not really sure no, about that at me, the moment. No, me, I'm not for that. No, I'm, no. I'm not really for that, but I've stopped, obviously, now with the county. I don't do anything with that now. I just sort of look after the boys with Huck. How old are you now and how long are you going to keep playing? I'm 50 now. Oh, only a boy! I'll probably play for another, I don't know, 10 years if I have to, I suppose. Yeah, as long as the kids are, as long as I'm needed, I'll play. Yeah, that's the important thing. And, yeah. and as long as you can play with a bit of pride. Exactly, yeah. Oh, yeah, I won't, yeah. As you know, I, yeah, I won't be, if I can't do it, I won't be playing. No. No. So listen, it's lovely to talk to you, and I've watched you uh, here tonight. You clean neck and crop, bowl neck and crop. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Left a left a ball that you normally would have hit for four, but it's lovely to talk to you, and uh, good luck for the future, buddy. Thank you very much. Cheers, Bill. Bill Khan catching up with Jamie Phelps talking about the family collection over at the family connection over at Hook Cricket Club. Stay with Pure West Sport in association with G&G Builders because after 8 o'clock, I'm going to be joined by Bill Khan, Fraser Watson and Gordon Thomas where we're going to be talking football, Ironman, talking with Rob Edwards of Hampton West County and Meg Jenkins talking about women's cricket. You're listening to Pure West Sport. Touch could lock you down. I knew I had you. It's cocky as it sounds. The way you 
used to giggle right before I put it down. <laughs> it's better when you angry. Come in, I'll prove it now. Come in. Stop playing. <laughs> all you From Johnston to Jefferson for Pembrokeshire. From Pembrokeshire, this is Pure West Radio. Pure West Radio News.